0: Today we are happy to have the retirement expert who coined the phrase paychecks and playchecks in retirement. And that is Tom Hegna, who recently served as first vice president of New York Life, where he gave over 2,000 seminars and 3,000 agent training sessions nationwide on planning for retirement. He also served our country 22 and a half years, with six years being active duty and 16 and a half as U.S. Army Reserve. Tom recently left New York Life to start his own company as president of TomHegna.com, a retirement income planning consulting firm, and he has now written his first book, Paychecks and Playchecks. Hey, Tom, first of all, I just want to thank you for your service to our country. Well, thank you, Jim welcome and I know we've heard you speak many a times and you've been speaking around the country on the topic of retirement. One thing that really intrigues us both is how much the dynamic and the mindset of retirement has changed over the last 20 years and why have those changes and what have those changes been that make retirement planning so important today, Tom?
1: Well, Jim, you know, I always start out my seminars by saying, you know, whatever happened to Happily Ever After, you'd read those stories to your kids and grandkids, and at the end of every story, everybody always seemed to live happily ever after. If you think about it, retirement used to be a promise. You'd work for a company for 30 years, and they'd hold a big party. They'd present you with a gold watch. And then they'd give you a guaranteed paycheck every month for the rest of your life so that you too could live happily ever after. And I always say, you know, what happened to that deal? If you think about it, only about 19% of Americans have that pension and now 16 of the 19 are government workers. So for most people, if they don't work for the government, they probably won't have or ever will have that guaranteed paycheck for life. And that's happening right when there's 78 million baby boomers rushing into retirement. And so the landscape has changed significantly In the past, companies and the government would kind of take care of you. And now with Social Security underfunded and the pensions not available, it's really being put on the backs of the people, Jim.
2: Well, Tom, let's talk just a touch more about the 78 million baby boomers. There is some media attention to that fact, but it just doesn't seem like the impact of that is really understood by the average American today. The reality of what you just pointed out is it really falls in the hands of the consumer today not to depend on that employer for their future income needs, it really means sitting down with an advisor today and formulating a plan specific to you, not based on generalities or what the neighbor does or the coworker does, really understanding what your goals and objectives are and working with that planner who understands your personal situation. Is that correct?
1: Tony, I couldn't agree with you more. And people always used to say you should save 10%. Well, I think now with some of these changes in the retirement landscape, 10% is not enough. For younger people, they should really be attempting to save 15%, and then as you get into your 50s, move that up if possible.
2: What's so important is, naturally, the younger you start, when you have less obligations, you get yourself accustomed to setting those dollars aside and seeing it pulled off the paycheck. And so many times, once you've learned to live without, and each time you then get a pay raise, hopefully annually or sooner, make adjustments to those contributions into retirement. And before you know it, you can find your way to 10 to 15% savings. If you don't start soon, we lose the benefit of compounding. And naturally, it's harder to always play catch-up later
0: absolutely correct. One of the things, Tom, it just kind of reminded me as I was talking to one of those baby boomers just in the last couple of days is the lunchroom advice and being careful of that working with a professional because I was working with a couple who've done a great job of planning for retirement. They are eligible for a very small pension. They've got to the point where they're now eligible for Social Security and they did a great job of saving for retirement that they're going to be able to retire. But I think some of their co-workers haven't done anything to retire and they've actually put the fear of God in them that there's no way they can retire and they're going to have to go back to work when they're later. And I think you really got to be careful about the advice you're getting from others. Even if you work at the same place, there's a difference in economic circumstances based on how people have prioritized this saving for retirement. Would you agree?
1: Yes, and it's not just the armchair quarterback at work. There's some people on TV that have been given less than stellar advice surrounding retirement. I remember when certain broadcasters were saying, oh, don't buy whole life or don't buy permanent life, only buy term life, because when you hit 65, your house will be paid off, except that it's not. Your kids will be moved out, except that they're not. You'll have that pension, but you don't. And so there's really a whole generation of Americans that probably don't have the type of insurance or the amount of insurance that they should have because they kind of listen to some of these people on TV as well.
2: Yeah, and that general advice is never specific enough. Clients will come in all the time and say, gosh, I heard. And as soon as I hear that sentence, it's like, oh, like what we've got to do is see if we can apply that to you or what percentage of that, and then actually customize it to you specifically. There's a lot of talk about risk today, and there's certainly risk in every facet of life. Can you maybe address some of the things when you do your presentations? What are some of the risks in retirement today that people face?
1: Tony, everybody thinks about market risk because we've had all this volatility, and certainly market risk is a risk, and it's a significant risk in retirement because you don't have time to make up for losses. But there are a number of other withdrawal rate risk. If you're taking money out of a diversified portfolio and the market's down, you lock in those losses literally for the rest of your life, and so withdrawal rate risk is a huge risk, an order of return risk. It's not the average returns once you hit retirement. It's the order of those returns. If markets go down like the first three years when you're in retirement, that can have a devastating impact on your retirement. A lot of people are concerned about inflation because the Fed's printed so much money. But I will tell you right now there's just as much risk in deflation because of all these pressures with the euro crisis and unemployment being high and baby boomers past their peak spending years and all this deleveraging, all this housing market where homes have not stopped falling and vacancies at near record highs and home starts are at near record lows. So there's deflationary risks as well. But then there's one other risk out there. And that's called longevity risk. And that's the risk of living a long life. And with all the medical enhancements and medicines that we have, and people are more conscious, they're watching what they eat, they exercise, people are going to live a long time. And so longevity is a big risk in retirement. And then the fact that as you live longer, you're going to need some care. Almost everybody you know in their 90s or 100, they need some type of long-term care. And so those are basically the risks in retirement.
0: Now, Tom, Tony and I are two of the baby boomers that you referenced earlier in the program, the 78 million. And talking about all those risks, it almost seems too scary to even think about retirement. But uh, share with us, what do you think of all those risks? Which is the greatest risk facing somebody who's looking to retire?
1: Jim, hands down, it's longevity risk. And the reason I say that is longevity is not just a risk. It's a risk multiplier of all the other risks. Let me explain. Let's say you retire at 65. Three years later, you had dropped dead at age 68. You know what? It didn't matter if the market went down 40%. It didn't matter if you were taking out 10% a year. It didn't matter if you didn't have a long-term care policy because you didn't live long enough for any of that to really matter. But if you retired 65 and you live to be 95 or 100, it's all of those other risks that can really wreck your retirement. If you take out one quarter of a percent too much, it can devastate your portfolio. Inflation can have a devastating impact over time. You know, long-term care will come into play, not might, will come into play the longer you live. So longevity risk by far is the biggest risk because the longer you live, the more those other risks will play into the equation.
2: And that's a great point. I think the thing to do at this point certainly is people are wondering, okay, I face all this risk. Now tell me what I can do about it. So there's got to be some solutions to these risks. Walk us through it.
1: Yeah, I try to keep it real simple. You know, I'm a real simple guy. I try to keep the solutions very simple. There is a solution that's based on math and science, not somebody's opinion. Problem is you have 50 different advisors what to do in retirement, and you get 50 different opinions. You know, I recently wrote a book, and the book is all about the math and science of how to retire the right way. Really, it's very simple. It's a two-step process. Step one, cover your basic expenses in retirement with guaranteed lifetime income. So step one is figure out how much do you need to live your normal retirement lifestyle, and then that amount needs to be covered with guaranteed income. Now, what counts? Well, Social Security is a guaranteed paycheck for life, so that counts. If you have a pension, that counts. But whatever that shortfall is between what your expenses are and your other source of guaranteed income, that needs to be filled with a guaranteed lifetime income annuity that you can buy from an insurance company. And again, not my opinion. The research from Dr. David Babel of Wharton and Dr. Moshe Malevsky and Dr. Menachem Yari back in the 60s, they've all proven that you've got to cover these basic expenses, and here's the reason why. When you cover those basic expenses with guaranteed income, you take many of those risks off the table. You take longevity risk off the table. You take deflation risk off the table. You take withdrawal rate risk, order of return risk, market risk. So those risks come off. So then what's really remaining as far as the risk? Well, then the remaining risks are, well, you could die, you know, that needs to be covered with life insurance. You might need long-term care that needs to be covered with a long-term care policy, but the remaining risk is really inflation. And so step two in the whole process is to optimize the rest of your money with a special eye on inflation. And so that's where commodities can fit in and that's where equities can fit in and tips, bonds, and variable annuities and ETFs and those types of investments that can help protect you from inflation.
2: Tom that's a great solution and bottom line is people have lots of different options and again sitting down with your planner and if you're using it for example an insurance product of course you need to fit that into covering that guaranteed income that you talk about and that's always going to be based on of course the claims paying ability of the insurance company but you just mentioned so many different tools that can be incorporated in a plan now we've touched a little bit on long-term care and I think it would be nice if we had a little deeper conversation on that we first got to take a quick break so when we come back let's continue that discussion about the need for long-term care and dealing with the risk please stay tuned
3: This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your Real Wealth Advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks before investing. Real Wealth Advisors offer. Securities and Investment Advisory Services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and Registered Investment Advisor, P.O. Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. Just for a moment, try to imagine you're dead.
2: You think that's hard? Try this. You're dead, and you don't have life insurance. What would happen to your family's home, to your family's finances, or your family's future? Now, here's a thought to put your mind at ease. Life insurance takes care of things should anything happen to you. Death may be hard to imagine, but without life insurance, it's simply unthinkable. Welcome back as we continue our conversation today with Tom Hegna, president of TomHegna.com. And we are addressing the issue of retirement income planning, and we were addressing before the break a lot of risks that we talked about, primarily longevity being one of the most significant risks. So would you talk a little bit more about tying in longevity to the need for having a plan for long-term care?
1: Yeah, Tony, I'd say in the book, no retirement plan is complete without a plan for long-term care. You know, it's the one risk that many seniors don't do anything about, and it's the one risk that can literally wipe out their entire life's work. I always say everybody has a plan for long-term care, and if you don't have a plan, you do have a plan. You're not gonna like the plan, but you do have the plan. And the default government plan is that if you don't have a long-term care policy, you need to spend down your assets to basically a poverty-type level, and then you go on to a Medicaid program. The problem with that, Tony, is that you really lose control of your future, your destiny, where you're going to be, which home you're going to be in. You lose a lot of control. And so my recommendation is that people look at a long-term care insurance policy. I always say my plan is this. I get to stay in my house. The nurse has to come to me, and I get to pick the nurse. And I think if I went around the country and said, would you rather stay in your house Or would you rather go into one of those nursing homes? Most people would say, I'd rather stay in my house and have the nurse come to me. Well, then the question is, how are you going to make that happen? You're probably not going to make that happen with your assets. You're going to need to use the leverage that you gain from an insurance policy. And so by spending pennies today on long-term care insurance, you can have dollars in the future that will allow you to remain in control and allow you to use your assets the way that you want to instead of spending down the assets the way that you have to.
0: And you know what amazes me, Tom, is I'm working with people, I've seen the statistics of How few people have really addressed that risk. And what's amazing is we have more options. Tony and I have been in business for twenty-five plus years, and it amazes me how few people have addressed this. They feel if they ignore it, the problem will go away. And now that we have linked benefits, there's partnership benefits in a lot of states. You have long term care, you have riders that go on as I talked about link benefits on a life insurance policy that you can buy. You have riders that are available with investments that you have with annuities there's a lot of different ways you can address this long-term care plan. They really should be sitting down with their advisor and deciding how are they going to deal with the risk. Are they going to go to that default plan? Are they going to have Cadillac plan where they eliminate all the risk? Or are they going to find something in between that fits their circumstances?
1: those combo policies, some of them even have a money-back guarantee. So, like, if a person just had some money sitting in a bank account earning almost nothing, they could move that into one of those combo policies. If they die, they get an increased death benefit. If they need long-term care, there's almost like a triple, depending on age and everything, long-term care benefit. And if they needed the money, it's got a money-back guarantee on it. It offers such tremendous flexibility.
2: And those guarantees, again, are always based on the claims-paying ability of the insurance company, and that's why it's so important to work with an advisor who can customize a plan to your specific circumstance. The good news here is, just like you mentioned before when we were talking about all the risks, is there are solutions. And there's a multitude of solutions certainly offered by the insurance industry or just planning with proper allocation of your own personal assets. So it just is not a place that you want to go alone when there are so many different options available to you. And the landscape of those options is really changing all the time. Now we've been talking about long-term care, which naturally our younger audience is maybe thinking, gosh, that's something I just don't want to deal with at this point or get ready to deal with. So, let's transition a little bit and talk about our younger listeners. Let's talk about maybe some things that they should be doing to grow and save money for their retirement.
1: Well, I say start early and save often. And I mentioned earlier in the broadcast that, you know, a lot of people say 10%. I would say at least 15% should be a goal for saving and investing because, you know, the government and companies just aren't going to be providing the benefits, you know, to our generation and the younger people that they provided to our parents. And so it's more important than ever. get involved early and save and diversify and not just diversify assets. I always talk now about tax diversification as well, because if you think about it, most young people, the vast majority of the money they have is in a 401k or an IRA. And when they take that out at retirement, that will all be taxable. And so it's important when you're young to also put some money aside into places that won't be taxed when you take it out things like a Roth IRA, things like permanent life insurance that have tax-free withdrawal benefits. So you want to diversify your taxation as well as diversify and allocate your assets.
2: Tom, that's a great point. I was working with a family the other day, and it seems like Any time you mention the term tax deductible, people are excited and think, oh, I want that. But in this particular case, the planner failed to look at their actual tax return. They had a number of children at home under the age of 17. They had a home mortgage. So between itemized deductions and child-dependent deductions and the child tax credits and all these different things, they actually weren't paying a dime in income tax. So as they were contributing, naturally motivated to take advantage of their employer match and their 401k, they were putting it in technically pre-tax, which really wasn't helping them in a 0% tax bracket. And so I asked a very simple question, does your 401k allow Roth 401k contributions? And they kind of looked at me puzzled and said, well, that's just an IRA, isn't it? So no one at the employer informed them of this option. And I said, boy, you've got an opportunity here in a zero bracket, which is probably temporary in life while these children are at home and you still have your mortgage, naturally until the tax laws might change, to contribute, not deductible at this point, but in your case, zero tax into the Roth and now tax-free growth forever. So as you well pointed out, you need to consider tax diversification. And if you're in a very low bracket, in this family's case, zero, why are we flowing it into tax deductible, which makes it taxable later? So an individualized counsel on your specific circumstance, even as Jim pointed out, if the co-worker's doing one thing, maybe their kids are out of the house and they need tax deductible, even with a similar salary. Everybody's circumstances are unique.
1: That's correct. And the 401k and IRAs, made perfect sense when tax levels were high and you take the tax deduction and then hopefully you defer your taxes and then when you could retire the tax rates were going to be lower but if you look at what's happening with the deficit and all of this stuff that's happening at some point many people believe tax rates have to go up and so it doesn't maybe make sense to take money when you could have paid tax at a low rate defer your taxes so that you can take money and pay at a higher tax rate in the future that doesn't really make a lot of sense.
2: The good news is we've talked about a lot of things to be aware of as you're dealing with retirement income planning, and there's many options, young or near retirement. The key component here is address the risks that you mentioned today because we all face them in some form or another. Know that there are solutions out there today to address these risks and don't go it alone. Sit down with a qualified advisor to help guide you because naturally, if this is what they do every day, they're probably closer to the best solutions that might fit for you. I've always said to my clients, My job doesn't come from a college education or my experience. It comes working with thousands of families over a career. So I've had many life experiences that I've seen people take different directions and it be successful or not. So I try to apply that knowledge of experience versus the book knowledge from my college graduation. So when you work with someone that's been down this road 50 times in this direction, 20 times with families in this direction, we can apply those same results and try and make your goals and objectives achieved. So work with a planner, deal with the reality that you might be going it alone as far as retirement income solutions, which means don't depend on
0: government programs or company pensions, definitely forge your own future. Hey, Tom, we want to thank you for joining us. And just before we go, tell our audience what the title of your book is because it's going to be available through their advisor's webpage in the links section. They can find the book that you are releasing here shortly or should be available as of the airing of this program. What's the title of that book?
1: Yeah, Jim, the title of the book is Paychecks and Playchecks. There's a website, paychecksandplaychecks.com. I can do a special offer for your listeners if they go to tomhegnacom forward slash NAIFA, N-A-I-F-A, they can get the book for $20, so that's a 25% discount.
0: And I'll tell you, I've heard your presentation several times, and you go over a lot of strategies, and I would imagine in that book, you detail how people can work with their advisor to design a custom strategy for them that they can live that happily ever after in retirement.
1: Yeah, and if people want to find out the math and science behind this proper retirement,
0: I put that in the book as well. Well, thanks again, Tom. We look forward to having you again in the future. Thanks, Jim and Tony. Thanks for joining us this week. And tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the Real Wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your Real Wealth advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information would be helpful to a friend or family member, Just click the Forward
3: to a Friend button. This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your real wealth advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks. Before investing, Real Wealth Advisors offer securities and investment advisory services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered investment advisor, PO Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network.